0: Welcome to Newsfix, where we spend hours going through the news so you don't have to. Novak Djokovic, Aung San Suu Kyi, and Prince Andrew. An undoubtedly anxious weekend for all three while awaiting court developments. Two out of three of those decisions have been made, while the other is said to be imminent. It's Monday, January 10th. Here's your Newsfix. An Australian court has ruled in favour of Novak Djokovic saying the tennis champion can enter the country to play in the upcoming Australian Open. The ruling meant Djokovic had to be released from detention within half an hour, have his passport and other personal belongings returned to him, and the Australian government must pay the athlete's cost, as agreed or assessed. CNN provided some very helpful context on the judge's decision on this. Critically, the judge explained Djokovic had not been given sufficient notice of his visa cancellation. In terms of the politics of it all, within Australia, Prime Minister Scott Morrison and his government have been widely criticized since the decision was announced. Even a former Prime Minister, Kevin Rudd, described the situation as, quote, total incompetence. Rudd went on to tweet, If they seriously didn't want him, why on earth did they give him a visa to fly here? This was conceived as one giant distraction strategy when out in the real world, people can't get tested. For anyone wondering if the court's decision is final? Well, no, not really. As the Guardian noted the country's immigration minister will consider exercising a personal power to cancel Djokovic's visa it's something we'll definitely keep an eye on and as multiple media outlets noted if his visa does ultimately get cancelled he would be banned from Australia for three years in terms of this story and what's trending about it online weirdly enough Nigel Farage is trending the staunch brexiteer is in Serbia with Djokovic's family and was awaiting the verdict. Many, including tennis player Andy Murray, were quick to point out the irony of Nigel Farage objecting to a country controlling their own borders. Andy Murray responded to a tweet by Nigel Farage last night saying, quote, please record the awkward moment when you tell them you've spent most of your career campaigning to have people from Eastern Europe deported. And before the judge's decision overnight, the tennis number one's team had claimed over the weekend that Djokovic had got the exemption in the first place because he had tested positive for coronavirus in December. However, The Times and many other media outlets had a report on Sunday claiming Djokovic attended an awards ceremony a day after testing positive, with photos to back that up. So it's very much an ongoing story and one we'll keep an eye on. Now in our pin drop section this morning, we're taking a look at what's going on in Myanmar. Myanmar's Aung San Suu Kyi has been sentenced to four years in prison, on top of the sentence of two years house arrest she was given in December. According to AFP, this latest sentence relates to two charges of illegally importing and owning walkie-talkies and a further charge of breaking coronavirus rules. Remember that Aung San Suu Kyi has been held under house arrest without being seen since February 1st of last year, when the military took over in an early morning coup. They alleged, without concrete evidence, that the November 2020 elections were fraudulent. The coup took place on what would have been the first day of the new parliament. And for anyone who wants to know more about Myanmar, in the newsletter this morning, we've linked to our recent piece, Myanmar, the constant struggle for democracy. Now looking to what's happening today, American and Russian diplomats are expected to meet in Geneva today as tensions mount over the recent buildup of Russian troops along its border with Ukraine. Looking ahead on this story, on Wednesday, another important meeting will take place when representatives from NATO and Russia meet in Brussels. It's something we'll most definitely keep an eye on, and for anyone that's unfamiliar with this story, in the newsletter, we've included a link to our recent Instagram background explainer on this. Now, we are continuing to keep an eye. Whether or not a civil lawsuit against Prince Andrew will be dismissed remains to be seen, as the wait for the judge to announce their decision continues. Much of the media described the decision as imminent, but let's see. The Guardian published an article that was widely shared over the weekend, with the headline, Royals await anxiously the fallout from Prince Andrew's disgrace. It had some really interesting context, in particular this section, that said, quote, The Prince's lawyers have taken an aggressive approach to protecting their client. They first argued that the court summons had not been properly served, then attempted to get the case thrown out on the grounds that Euphrae doesn't live in the US. Now they are seeking their client's salvation with the grim fact that he qualifies as a potential defendant in any sex abuse case connected to Epstein. In other words, it appears his possible culpability is being used as his defence. And it makes for a pretty interesting read now in societal shifts a man in colombia has become the first person with a non-terminal illness to die by assisted suicide prior to his death the man described his condition as degenerative rather than terminal according to cnn a woman with als was euthanized in the country on saturday in terms of having your say on this topic back in november we asked you guys on our instagram account what you thought of you think assisted dying should be legal while a staggering 95% of you said a person's diagnosis would be a determining factor for you rather than the person's age. Now in some hopeful headlines, a baby who was lost in the chaos at Kabul airport in August has been reunited with his family. Images of the boy who was two months old at the time being passed over an airport gate to US soldiers went viral as scenes of the chaotic desperation in Kabul drew international attention. It has now emerged the baby was found in the airport by a taxi driver who took him home and began raising him as his own. According to multiple media reports, the boy's family relocated to the US. After weeks of negotiations with the cab driver, the baby was handed back to his grandfather in Kabul and efforts are now underway to have him brought to America. In two pandemic updates, the UK's coronavirus-related death toll surpassed 150,000 over the weekend. BBC News had a powerful way of giving perspective to that number. For example, 90,000 people can attend a full stadium at Wembley. 135,000 people can buy tickets annually for the Glastonbury Festival, with 150,000 people being everyone who lives in a city such as Oxford. Meanwhile, in Ireland, the Irish Times has a report about Neffet considering the legality of mandatory vaccinations. Later in the article, it is noted that this is from the minutes of a meeting on December 16th. But there was some interesting context within the article that we've included in the newsletter. It says, quote, Ireland has one of the highest COVID-19 vaccination rates in Europe. More than half of COVID patients in intensive care are from about 5% of adults who are unvaccinated. Now, in case you missed it, over the weekend, we explored the ongoing abortion debate in the US, a topic that will undoubtedly be a massive story this summer as we await the Supreme Court's decision. We have never received such positive feedback from a piece that we've covered, so please make sure to give it a read. We've linked to it in the newsletter, Abortion in the US, the Divided States of America. And lastly, today marks World Hindi Day, a day to raise awareness about the fourth most spoken language in the world. According to the Hindustan Times, only English, Spanish, and Mandarin are spoken more than Hindi. In India, it is one of the two official languages alongside English. That's today's fix, have a great day.